Welcome to Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs. At Shouts of Grace Radio, it is our purpose to encourage you to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as a foundation for a genuine relationship with God. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program, and I would want to say good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, whatever time of the day you are listening to this. Perhaps you've come on to our website and you're just listening to it after the fact, and we want to say either way, uh, welcome, and we are delighted that you have taken some time out of your day to spend with us um, as we go through God's Word and see what God has to say about just everyday life. And so if this is your first time listening to Two Shouts of Grace, we want to welcome you and let you know that it's real simple to become a return listener here. All you got to do is go to shoutsofgraceradio.com, and there there's about 170 episodes or so. If you click on one of them, you will officially be a return listener, and so we invite you to do that, and you can, of course, drop us an email or a text or um, a suggestion uh, for future shows, and we'd love to interact with you uh, that way, and if you are... A return listener, we want to say thank you for your support and also just a shout out to Key Radio for the use of their studios here in Provo, Utah. Um, Most of you know who do listen to the show on a regular basis that um, what we do here is we have uh, different friends of of mine, different pastor friends from around the country, some in different states, um, some right here in Utah, some come into the studio and others call in. And so today we have um, one of the OGs of of of, of, uh, of of shouts of grace, uh, Pastor Keith Racky from River Community. What's up, my brother? Hey, Steve. It is good to be back. I OG. That's cool, man. That's good. Now now it means old grandpa. Yeah, now so it means I, old grandpa. I've got grandkids now, which is weird. Back in the day, it was original gangsta. Yeah, and, and you uh, <laughs> obviously the, those that have listened to the show from the beginning know that you and I started this show. Gosh, a couple years ago. Yeah, um, yeah. About and then, two and a half years ago. Yeah. And so Crazy. you've so if you listen to the early Maybe episodes longer. of uh, Shouts of Grace, Keith actually um, opened everything up and hosted everything, and then he and then he moved. Or he well, he kind of moved. He just he started a church, and so now he's he's a little further away from the studio, so it's a little more challenging. But we like to have you back anytime we can. Um, and so anyway, blessed that you can that you can be here, and, and we love you guys and your family. And Redemption Hills connected with River, and love seeing what God's doing with you guys. Yeah, we um, we're so thankful for your friendship and for Redemption Hills ongoing support of River Community Church. It's a blessing to be in partnership. Yeah. Well, awesome. Well, today, Keith, what we're doing is we, we've been going through for the last several weeks, we've been going through a series we've entitled Hopping Through the Psalms, and there's really no, um, you know, order to it. We're just whatever psalm we feel like, you know, at, in the moment, we'll just kind of pick it up and, and go through it. <laughs> Sweet. And so uh, and so today, what I thought we'd do is we'd go through uh, Psalm 118, uh, maybe like the first 14 verses or so. And, and, um, and, and, and the reason is, is I like kind of kind of how it how it starts off here and really kind of includes um you know this this concept of of god's faithful love um Mm -hmm. his mercy enduring and then who 
that applies to. And so what I want to do is just kind of push the boat off by just reading and then I'll kind of hit the ball back over into your court and, and let you kind of explain what's happening. Um, In verse one of Psalm 118, it says, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Other versions might say his mercy endures forever. Verse two, let Israel say his faithful love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say his faithful love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say his faithful love endures forever. I called to the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and put me in spacious places. The Lord is for me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortal do to me or what can man do to me? The Lord is my helper. Therefore, I will look in triumph on those who hate me. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humanity. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in nobles or princes, some of your versions say. All the nations surround me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me. Yes, they surrounded me. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They surrounded me like bees. They were extinguished um, like a fire among thorns. In the name of the Lord, I destroyed them. They pushed me hard, made uh, hard to make me fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my and my song. He has become my salvation. So I like the way this psalm starts off. Um, Keith, because it deals with three groups of people. It deals, um, number one in verse two, um, with a nation. Let Israel say his faithful love endures forever. And then in verse three, it deals with leaders or religious leaders. Let the house of Aaron say his faithful love. And then it says in verse four, it deals with all the people. Let those who fear the Lord, anybody say his faithful love endures forever. And this theme there is God's faithful love. And, and, you know, you've been a believer for a number of years, myself included. Um, the truth is when you come out of the spiritual womb, so to speak, you're born again, you really don't know what this means. Let God's faithful love endure forever. It's kind of a proclamation of God's faithfulness, but it's learned. And so three groups of people here learn it, right? The nation has to learn it. Right. Um, the priests who represent God have to learn it and the people have to learn it. Right. And so talk about what it means. Let's start there for a second. What does it mean for a nation to come to a place where they understand the faithfulness of God towards them? Well, Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. And, you know, just as was very cyclical for Israel, we're seeing in the United States as well, and, you know, we're really seeing it across the world, the more connected we become, is that, you know, a nation may not necessarily be Christian or religious, but a nation that fears the Lord in the sense of, you know, having um, a value on human life, um, honoring, you know, individual liberties and and treating people with dignity as those who are made in the image of God, um, you know, allowing for things like religious freedom and those kind of things. It's really, it's really becoming more apparent now, the divide between nations that, that honor God through policy, through laws, and those that don't. And we we are in a place in the United States, as Israel was many times over, where the sin of our nation and the sins of our nation are becoming a reproach. Mm. And 
you, you know, I know that this. Explain what that means to the to people that might be well, listening. What's, I, what do you mean by reproach? I, I, I want a reproach means we become an embarrassment to mm. ourselves, mm. right? Um, let, let's just look at the values of the United States: life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all people who are created equal, you know, by their creator. And, and so, the ideal of our country that that everyone is created equal has been a, a great ideal that it has been difficult to achieve. Which is biblical, because some people would argue biblical. and say, well, you know, you know, Christianity is in America. Absolutely not. But but there's neither Jew nor Gentile, Correct. right? I mean, when, when, when you look at Scripture, God creates That's right. men equal. That's right. And, and, and when a nation recognizes that um, and treats people with dignity and respect and gives people a voice and gives people, you know, the freedom to worship according to their own conscience and raise their family according to their own conscience. You know, when we move away from that and allow the ideas of, you know, well, I'm just going to call it like it is, it's not political, a tyranny. You know, you see it throughout the scriptures. You know, I mean, how many times did the people of Israel cry out because they were oppressed? Yeah. You know, and God sent them deliverers, whether it's through the judges or through righteous kings. God is very political by our view. You know, we may, we may, I don't, he's not Republican or Democrat, conservative right. or liberal, but God is political because politics has to do with governance and has mm. to do with authority, right? And so in a nation like ours, we have watched and, and been, you know, not maybe not just an audience too, but a participant with a moving away, a departure from righteousness, right? Right thinking, right believing and right behavior. Mm. Um, righteousness kind of boiled down practically there. And so we we are a country that, that preserves the abortion of unborn children as a human right. We are a nation that is now confusing children by redefining gender and, and, and sexual identity. We are a nation that is, as the prophets would say, we call good evil and evil good. Mm. We're exalting things that are not righteous by our creator's standards. And so we are becoming and have become, and it's not a new thing uh, for a long time. You know, we were kind of the, the, the city on the hill, so to speak, when it came to those kind of value, uh, the good values. And, and now we're not. We're, we're exporting filth through entertainment. We're exporting abortion. We're exporting all sorts of things that are contrary to righteousness, God's definition of righteousness. So we've become a reproach in that sense. We have become a reproach. We've become an embarrassment to ourselves. We've become um, a reproach to the the word righteousness to say, well, you know, the United States is a good country. Well, I think there's good people, and I think there's good things that we have stood for, but we are becoming a sinful country. And, and have become a sinful nation. And and there is a culture war, just to call it what it is, over the definition of what is right and wrong, what is good and evil. And, and the division is becoming greater and greater. And as a Christian, we recognize it's a spiritual war. And so going back to the scripture here, this is a call to worship this is this is David as a worship leader saying, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say his steadfast love endures forever. It's it's a call to the nation. Come right. back to the Lord. It's a call to the leadership in you know, the house of Aaron, the, the spiritual leaders. Say it. Proclaim it. The God's love endures. Well, let's forever. talk about that for a second, because that's interesting. You know, when he talks about you would think of all the people that you wouldn't have to address to yeah. talk about the faithful love, um, you know, and of the Lord enduring forever, you would think that it would be, well, it's it's the pastor. 
leaders. It's right. the church leaders. I mean, right. that's what they do. They talk about the faithful love of the Lord enduring forever. Why a call? I want you to think about this. We'll answer this on the other side of the break. Why a call for the pulpits of his day to proclaim a message, which is a no-brainer. So think about that. Hey, you're listening to Shouts of Grace. We'll be right back. You're listening to Shouts of Grace with Pastor Steve, the radio ministry of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. For more information about Redemption Hill, you can visit our website at rhutah.church. Shouts of Grace Radio is thankful for the encouragement from Key Radio, reaching Utah with the good news of eternal life from their station in Provo, Utah. Now, let's join Pastor Steve for the conclusion of today's conversation. Hey, welcome back to the program. Um, We're in studio today with Pastor Keith Radke from River Community Church in West Jordan. And Keith, before um, the break, we were just talking about Psalm 118. We were talking about this call that is there by the psalmist to to call people to um, remember or worship God, proclaiming the faithful love of God enduring forever. And he he calls to the nation in verse 2. But then we were just talking about how, why would he have to call to Aaron? You know, this is, let the house of Aaron say, you know, because it's, it's an appeal to the faith leaders of the day. Absolutely. Right. Why? Well, I mean, as our, as our spiritual life goes, so goes the rest of our life, you Mm. know, our natural life, our mental life, our emotional life, our financial life. There is a law that God has put in place that if things are right between you and him in the spirit world, in your spirit, you know, as, uh, as, uh, Paul writes about deep calling out to deep spirit unto spirit. You know, we are spiritual beings in relationship with a spiritual God. And if we don't have our spiritual life in alignment, vitality in alignment with God, we're dead. And what comes out of our lives, whether it's governmental, economical, moral, all that stuff, it's all an overflow of either a dead or a live spiritual existence. And we're, we've been restored spiritually through Jesus Christ. If we believe in him, we've been given new birth, new spiritual birth. We're new people. And so to be in alignment with God on a personal level is important, but also on a national and cultural level. Let the house of Aaron say his steadfast love endures forever is a call to the spiritual leadership of the nation, of the people, to take their place that God has called them to, given them to, and with boldness proclaim the goodness of the Lord. Yeah, that's that's huge in this day, particularly because what I see happening is I see, you know, first John chapter five, um, towards the end of the, the end of the chapter there it says that that the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And, yeah. and, and the picture there is is almost like a like a mother rocking her child to sleep. And so mm-hmm. it, it the the picture is that the world is kind of being rocked to sleep in the hands of the wicked one. Right. And where I see this coming out often, it's particularly now it's a burden on my heart is people that are taking people, the spiritual leaders that are taking orders from the world as to how the world wants to be called to repentance, right? As the world redefines the nature of God. I was talking to a a pastor friend of mine not too long ago, and he's saying, why why does the church have to deal with political issues? Why can't they stick to things that are, and I said, well, give me an idea of what you mean by political issue. Well, you know, like abortion, the hot button topics, you know, uh, uh, same sex marriage. All I said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 first of all, time out. 
just because the world grabs on to a moral issue that is very important to God and has been proclaimed throughout the centuries to be important by God and politicizes it so as to say, church, hands off, you can't touch or speak to this anymore, does not mean we take our orders from them. Because what's happened is we've got an entire generation of people we've killed without even having taken a breath. We are now redefining everything that God has has seen has has seen in one specific way as hey this is wrong and because CNN tells us this is a political issue you're not allowed to touch it the church is acquiescing and here's what happens we have a bunch of people filling churches that have no idea about what this proclamation right. means like calling spiritual leaders so so Keith it's important for spiritual leaders I think to understand look you aren't the church right you didn't buy it with your blood like acts 20 says this is god's church and he tells you how to run it and you take orders from him Mm -hmm. so stop redefining what you believe the sheep whom you don't own need to hear and just tell them the truth in a gentleness and a respectful way of course but we don't see that we see a whole generation arising that that has no idea about this this idea of spiritual leaders having a spine and a backbone and standing up even if it means they're rejected by the world for it. Well, I remember a term that I heard growing up when I first became aware of politics was Ronald Reagan talked about trickle-down economics, right? How policies from the top affect people all the way down. And if I could use that as an illustration of where we're at now is whatever the lowest common denominator of morality is has now become trickle-up morality. Hmm. And so... Where we throw off the bonds as 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 people see it of God's authority, we are pushing immorality up. It's trickle up morality. Hmm. It's trickle up spirituality. It's trickle up uh, politics. Hmm. And and people need to stop being afraid of politics. Because the word politic means governance, right. right? So when we talk about being political, we're talking about uh, governing from an ideology. So left, right, conservative, right. You know, liberal, whatever. But Politic has to do with governance. How are we going to be governed? Are we going to be governed from the bottom up, like at the end of Judges, where everyone did right, as was, mm. as they saw in their own eyes? Or are we going to be governed? Is our politic going to be top down, trickled down with with righteousness as our standard, with yeah. God's authority as mm. our standard? That's great. And it's not to force people to be Christian or to force people to to believe the Bible the way that I do, but it is to say that there is a morality and there is an authority and there is a standard that that. Is is above us. Hmm. You know, the, uh, the 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 theory of evolution has has taught us we've all come from monkeys and the dirt and mud and goo. And so that's our that that's the basis of our morality. Hmm. Whereas God is saying, I created you in my image to be a reflection, an image bearer, and to be in relationship with me and to treat each other as people who have dignity and worth because they were created by, you know, a, 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 an infinitely loving God. Yeah. And, and we've reversed that. So now it's all trickle up morality, trickle up spirituality, trickle up from, from the lowest common denominator, from the moral gutters. That's how we're running our culture. And it's not just the American culture. It's around the world. We see it as people become godless. But God always keeps – God has as, – as, uh, as he had to tell Elisha, I've got a remnant. I've got people who believe in me, who fear me. And, and you know, David, mm-hmm. it seems like in Psalm 18, he's taking leadership, looking around at the condition of his – of his people and through worship he's saying give thanks to the lord israel the nation come back to the lord house of aaron spiritual leadership come back to the lord those who fear the lord rise up 
Proclaim the steadfast love mm. of the Lord. Let me give you an example. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and he answered me and set me free. Mm. Um, I, I know this will date the broadcast a little bit, but if we see what's happening in Afghanistan right now, it, it's, it's, it's completely falling apart. And, and right now, what can man do? Right? That's what David says in the psalm. You know, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in men. It's better to take refuge in the Lord than trust in princes. Nations surrounded me. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them off. He said, I was pushed to the point, David, where I had no human I could rely on. Mm. The policies, the politics, the morality, you know, of, of, of men were failing me. And if not, and not just failing me, but they're a direct threat to my life, a threat threat to my existence. Mm-hmm. But I trusted in the Lord. I think that this psalm is also a call to Christians, and if I can be so bold as to say, especially Christian men, Christian pastors, Christian fathers, Christian husbands, it's time to rise up and begin to proclaim the steadfast love of the Lord that endures forever. It's time to stop being weak. It's time to stop being passive, and it's time to be uh, righteously um, indignant against the morality and the injustice that we see and to bring the Word of God, the gospel, and the enduring love of the Lord as the solution because politics are failing us, governments are failing us, culture is failing us, er- everything around is failing, and and we're not going to see what we know is right be reestablished unless we come to the Lord. As David said, in our distress. So are we distressing over the conditions around us? Are we distressing that it seems like as a Christian, it's becoming harder and harder to speak up on social media or in our families or in our our workplaces? It's becoming more difficult because we've become passive, we've become weak, and we have forgotten that the steadfast love of the Lord endures forever. And so like David called the nation, called the religious leadership, called all people everywhere, come to the Lord, declare his enduring love that lasts forever. That, I think, is the call that needs to go out from pulpits. It needs to go out from preachers on the radio and podcasting and YouTube. And But it's not popular. That, that's not. the thing. It's not popular. Not. And here's the thing. That's what I mean. I believe. I believe the world has set an attainable standard um, in their eyes for them to be reached. Here's the message of repentance we'll accept. Don't say this. Don't say that. If you say this, you're hateful. And so we're not going to listen to you. And here's the thing. The, the, the church leadership is, you know, in in churches, in pulpits is willing to pay that cover charge the prop in order to win the world. The problem is what have you won without the message of repentance and a call to trust in God rather than princes, rather than chariots. What have you won? You've won people who have not been told about the necessity to repent of their sins in the beginning. And if you don't tell them in the beginning, the chances of you tell them on on the end, Mm. once they're a friend, once they're a congregant, once they're a tithe payer are probably zero because now you've got something to lose. And that's what I mean is faithfulness has to begin with leaders and people understanding there's a culpability that I have to God. I'm I'm not worried about, you know, the the price tag that man puts on, you know, my reputation. Well, if you want to be popular, if you want to be listened to, if you want to, if you want a thousand views, 10,000 views, here's the coined phrases you have to be able to say to really reach those people that are in pews. You know, I was talking to my daughter in the last minute we have left in California, uh, my 23 year old, and she was, you know, dealing with a lot of friends that are kind of, kind of little, little Mm -hmm. wishwashy right now. 
she said, Dad, all I'm being told by my friends is, well, you, you need to understand where, the, where people in the world are coming from. And my daughter said, no, I don't. I don't need to understand where they're coming from. They need to understand where God's coming from yeah. because the call is not for me to come to them. The call is for them to come to the Lord. They're the ones that need to understand where they're at and where God's at and God's calling them to repentance. And I thought, man, who taught you that? Right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you're 24 years old on fire. And so, you know, uh, I, I just look at where we're at right now, Keith, and I really appreciate what you're saying about this, this trickle, trickle up, you right. know, this, this bottom shelf morality that's made its way to the top and, and God help us, man. Um, yeah. We're out of we're out of time for for this edition of uh, Shouts of Grace, and so, uh, man, I just want to say thank you for 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 that insight, and and also to your listeners, man. If 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 you have enjoyed hearing um, this, I just encourage you guys drop us a little note. Um, you can get a t- how, how can they get in touch with you at, at uh, River River Utah Church is our website. Now we got a contact form right there on the homepage, and of course they can uh, share this episode at shoutsofgraceradio.com. Awesome. Hey, God bless you, and we'll see you next time on Shouts of Grace. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Shouts of Grace Radio, practical conversations from God's Word, hosted by Pastor Steve Pearson. We hope that you have been encouraged to see the Bible as God's source of truth for everyday life and grace as the foundation for a genuine relationship with God. If today's conversation encouraged you in your journey following and learning more about Jesus, we would love to hear from you. You can visit us online at shoutsofgraceradio.com. At shoutsofgraceradio.com, you can listen to all of our episodes, share them online with your friends, and find out more about Pastor Steve. Shouts of Grace is an outreach of Redemption Hill Church in Saratoga Springs, Utah. Thank you again for joining us on today's show. And from all of us at Shouts of Grace, it is our prayer that you would grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Shouts of Grace.